Hey, I'm Steph. And I'm Lara. And we are Food and Mood. Steph, hello. How are you? Hey, Lara. I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. And I'm so excited about today's podcast session, which I seem to say every week, but it's really true. And especially with this one, because today we are talking with uh, Coach O, who is someone that I met during and all virtual. Actually, I've never met him in person. So I'll tell you the backstory before we bring him on, okay? Yeah. He has a podcast named Team O Run Podcast with Coach O. And I came across his podcast during COVID when, as you know, we were all home, like doing nothing. And I had at the time during COVID at some point, I purchased a treadmill, but I didn't really know what to do with it. I really did not come from a history of having been a runner or a jogger. But I started enjoying the treadmill. Mm. And then I thought to myself, I really want to maybe train for something or to learn how to run a little bit better than I had been. So I had come across this podcast and I had listened to one of his, it was just, you know, by happenstance. It was one of his episodes on, it was about mindset and attitude. And he was talking about being a runner and having to incorporate a, a a mindset that was a growth mindset. Yeah. As you already know, there are two kinds of mindsets, right? They say there's a growth mindset where you can change things about yourself, you can learn new things, you can improve things versus a fixed mindset where maybe there's only so far you can go with how you think. Mm -hmm. So nonetheless, I'd listened to him and I was really inspired by the work that he was doing with professional runners. And I think I'd emailed him saying, look, I'm nowhere, I'm a beginner. I'm certainly not a professional. I don't know if you'd wanna work with me or not, but I would love to kind of learn how to run. And even though I was in my early 50s at the time, I just thought, why not? Isn't you know, that amazing? Why not? And you had never run before? Not, not really. Maybe run in the, out of the rain if I was stuck in it or something. But <laughs> that's probably <laughs> as far as I've been with my that's, running. I love that. Uh, I, I, love I always that. exercise. I love to stay fit and in shape. But no, I could never call myself a runner. Wow. So needless to say, uh, Coach O, he week by week would make these programs for me. And again, mm. all virtual. Mm. And I would commit to them. I was going to say, you stayed motivated. You were able to stay motivated to keep it going. I was staying motivated. I wanted to keep it going. I wanted, especially with COVID, and I was feeling really lousy. You know, yeah. it was such a bad time for, for all of us. Yeah. I wanted something inspirational in my life. And so having his weekly program, and he was committed to me. I mean, every Sunday morning, same time, and I'm still, we're still together. Wow. You know, we're still committed That's to each amazing. other, I guess. That's amazing. Because every Sunday morning, same time, he would send me off a program based on the prior week's uh, program. And he'd always ask me how I was doing, and he would tweak things and change things, all the name of having me see progress mm -hmm. in myself. Yes. And I really appreciate that about him. So I wanted to share uh, the work that he's doing with you and our listeners. And uh, why don't we introduce him? Really okay. excited. Yep, absolutely. All right. So, Coach, hello. Hey, how's it going? We're great. We're great, Great, Coach. Kevin. So I hope you heard my introduction of you. Absolutely. That was very kind of you. I appreciate that. And uh, I'm excited to be here today. Wonderful. So please tell us about yourself and and what you'd like our listeners to know about you. 
Certainly. Uh, so I actually started um, a lot of my early professional career was as a, a high school educator and kind of fell into coaching uh, secondarily at that time. This was many, many years ago and uh, went to spectate a cross country um, match for our high school. And no one goes to spectate cross country. So our head coach picked me out and said, hey, you know, you should come on board next year and start coaching. And at that time I was doing, you know, I was a runner personally, but I didn't know much about coaching. And so I said, I don't really know anything about coaching. They said, don't worry about that. I will teach you everything you need to know about coaching. You just need to be supportive for the kids. And that's how I got started. I ended up coaching high school for 12 years uh, and then had two years stint where I was coaching in college at a small NAI school here in the Midwest, where I am now, and then decided to, to start professionally just working with uh, what I thought would mostly be adults. Although in the three years that I've had Timo coaching, I've worked with everyone from beginner adults to youth athletes for AAU track in the summer to professionals getting ready for um, tests that they have for their work. A couple of people entering the FBI, a couple military, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so that's what I do now. And I really enjoy working and helping, as, as you've kind of known, to continue to inspire runners. And I'm excited to be here on the podcast, obviously, with your focus on food and mood, because as we know, athletics and being physically active can really have a positive effect on your mood and um, being able to help new people come into that realm is has been a lot of focus uh, for me throughout my career. That's great. You know, the first thing that always com that comes to mind, you know, if say we've got some listeners that are inspired a little bit, even by your story, Lara, and, and you coach and are like, you know, I've never really been that active or I'm physically inactive. You know, do you have like, you know, a starting rule of thumb for people on either not only how to inspire them, but are there like, is there just like a little startup kit that would help somebody move from like going, ugh, I'm not doing anything, I'm inactive, to really starting a program? What would be like their first step to um, gently entering into that realm of, of maybe doing even a, a 5K? Absolutely, absolutely. One of the things that I find is needs to be the most cautionary for someone that's starting, and it's probably worth mentioning here that anybody that's thinking of starting a physical activity regime should go check with their um, primary care physician, make sure you get checked out, make sure you get the okay to get started. Once you've passed that step, one of the, the stories that always comes to mind for me is actually uh, actor Terry Crews. He's obviously known for his physique and is often asked about like, how do I get started in the gym? And when you see him, I've seen him in a couple interviews address this question because he gets it so frequently from fans and, and other people is he says, okay, get yourself a gym membership. And, you know, for the first week, three, three days a week, five days a week, go in, sit down, read a magazine and then go home. Uh, just get it's not right. about, okay, yeah. yeah, it's not about lifting anything. It's not about doing too much. It's about starting to de develop a habit. So even for people that I think um, are starting off from very low activity or inactivity and want to get started, it's not about going out and trying to run a full mile the first day or something like that. Maybe the first week, it's three times the first week, go out for a 10 minute walk. You wanna be able to set yourself up so that you have successes early on. And a lot of people come with a lot of early ambition, but then they go 
too much too fast and it will very much turn you off. You think about if you go to the gym and try and lift the heaviest thing you can, if you're one, either going to get injured or two, going to feel so miserable the next day, you'll never want to go back. And people do the same kind of thing with running activities quite frequently. Obviously, it's it's awesome to be enthusiastic and get inspired, but you don't want to go out there and I, you know, I don't do anything. I'm usually, you know, on the couch watching TV. And then the first week I'm going to go run two miles every day. You will be so miserable. You will probably not continue. So the biggest thing is finding, finding something that's appropriate for your starting level. Now, let's say you're a, a relatively active adult that used to do, um, you know, soccer, uh, adult soccer leagues, and now you want to transition to running, they're going to have a different starting point. They're going to be able to handle maybe a little bit more starting out. But if you're someone that's not as active or have been inactive, it's probably start with walking. And the other thing I would pair with that is uh, having reasonable expectations of of what that uh, starting measure should be. And Laura knows this because with my beginning, if I have people that are just starting off with running, I don't start off with distance measures for them to cover. I give them little time. Okay, let's let's go run or, or light jog for five minutes, for three minutes. It's You start off very small so that you have those successes that you can build upon. So smart. It's really true. And so also, smart. Coach, you know, I'm just thinking back to when we first started – I don't know, maybe also maybe a couple of years ago already, but going so fast, we did start where you would have me walk and then jog and then walk and jog. And that would be like a 20 minute session. Yeah. Hard to believe, but I now can run for four miles straight. <laughs> it's crazy. And I still say I'm not a runner, but I could run. <laughs> And because I just still can't identify myself as a runner. And I know certainly maybe four miles isn't a lot compared to someone who could run a full marathon and they're running 26 miles straight. But I have to say, I'm so proud of myself because of your tactics in starting very small. It was small baby steps that allowed me to be where I am. And to like you're saying, I don't have um, injuries. And I don't have, um, you know, problems where I'm now unmotivated to run. I really have stayed pretty healthy and strong through your training. And it's because of your tactics. Yeah, it's about setting people up with what's appropriate for them. Now, another thing that I find is especially a concern of, of new people coming into running. Maybe they've been inactive or very low activity and they want to start running. One of the biggest concerns I've had over the last three years of my practice is people, I want to say that are probably a little focused on social media and they're very concerned that they, I'm going to have the wrong running form or I, I, I'm worried that I'm going to get injured because I'm sure that I'm running wrong. And in general, or I would say over 90% of the people I've ever worked with, and that's hundreds of athletes going back to working in high schools and through college, form is not going to be an issue and form will improve as your activity improves. Uh, we, we have a, a little bit of uh, a challenge with the visual nature of our social media culture nowadays. And there are very many social media influencers who want to focus on visual aspects of say running, because it's a visual medium and that's really all that they have for their content. And I think it can sometimes make people that are new to running become overly concerned with that. If you are not experiencing injury through your activity, the likelihood that you're 
in some horrible mechanical posture is is very low. Uh, generally, people are going to we're we're kind of meant to be bipedal and mobile, and we're going to be moving through ranges of motion that are appropriate for us. And the other thing too to pair with that is just uh, sometimes people will then focus on the extremes. Well, let's look at this elite world-class sprinter and the mechanics and movement that they're into, I can guarantee you that even that elite world-class sprinter, when they were a beginner, say probably at age 13, 15, whatnot, were not in those positions. It takes time. It takes uh, building. The body progresses as you continue to you know, gain fitness, gain strength, et cetera, through that repetition. Uh, so you know, don't don't worry about trying to be a pro out the gate. Worry about starting small, appropriate levels for your uh, fitness and activity, and it will build and you will, you know, improve and see uh, performance improvements as well as you continue. Hey, I don't want to just build on that one thing you were saying. I think it's so important. Um, I have a lot of uh, clients who not going outside, but go to a gym and are actually deterred from going to the gym because they're embarrassed of the way they look. So they want to get started and go, but they're so insecure and so um, conscious about how they look now that they don't want to take that step to even go into a gym and be noticed. And, uh, you know, and even Lara with, with the emotional part of that, I'd love you to, you know, give your, your take on it, but you know, it's always so heartbreaking to hear. And I think all of us know that once you just get started, you're just going to feel so much better about yourself and no one's looking at you, but it's real for that person who maybe feels so out of shape and is looking at the person next to them and they feel like, all eyes are on them and they're so out of shape. But there is that population that's almost, uh, that feels like they're too embarrassed of themselves to even get started sometimes. Absolutely. And I think one of the ways to try and overcome that is build a support system. Mm -hmm. And whether it's, you know, telling your family and friends, hey, I want to start getting active, you know, um, try and help it, you know, remind me, encourage, check on me, did I go and, and start to do my thing? Maybe it's hiring a coach. You know, and, you know, whether or not you think of that as paying someone to be supportive, regardless, you have a support system in that in that case, et cetera. Um, but look to surround yourself with positive people that are supportive uh, to try and help condition those those uh, those habits. I, I'm curious, Coach, what do you see with your more elite athletes? What do you see are some of their habits are some of their ways of thinking about themselves that allows them to continue to progress and improve and you know i'm always curious about what are the emotional habits of successful people so what do you see in the athletes that you work with i will say for sure for the the top runners that i work with and i'm very fortunate to continue to work with some of the athletes that i coached in college who are relatively successful at at what they do uh, it's the discipline that they bring to continuing their their training and it's it's really not anything super fantastical or outerworldly or anything they you know they have their program and workout schedule and they they prioritize it and that probably is what separates um some of us more recreational athletes or or recreational people in our mindset is 
you know, if something comes up, I might work, miss a workout here or there for them. Um, they will miss the other things because the workout comes first. Mm, and, and that continued over time has really been where a lot of the athletes that I work with have, have gotten to some, you know, impressive markers. I do not current, I, I've never worked with anyone that would be considered national class or world-class elite. Um, so I, I don't have a great insight into what the best of the best do, but I have some very, very competitive um, kind of top recreational athletes, I guess you could say. And they, at their level in the NAIA, which is a little bit different from the NCAA, um, were top in the country, but in the greater scheme of things, that's kind of where they balance out. I think that word prioritize is like everything, even when it comes to their food around their fitness, it's, or their food around whatever weight, you know, concern or challenge they have. Well, prioritizing something, be it that it's your exercise, your food routine, making that a priority, making that time to either prep something or take the time to, to exercise. Uh, prioritizing, I think is a pretty key word. I love both the words you're using, Coach, in, you know, the prioritizing and the discipline. You know, they seem to really go hand in hand. I think whether it's for an athlete or anyone who's trying to improve something about themselves is that you have to be disciplined. And it's funny because you, you left a, a common word out when you were just talking, which is the word motivation. Because I find that we've we've sometimes overused the word motivation, like, oh, get motivated. You have to be motivated. And the truth is, is no, we're not always motivated. And being disciplined is different than motivation. To me, discipline is that I may not want to get on the treadmill that day, but I always know I'm going to hear from you by the end of the week. And it holds me accountable because I want to be able to always be honest with you. And, and as you know, I am. Sometimes I say to you, coach, I, I, didn't, I didn't get to all the training this week. Maybe I'd been traveling, maybe I'd been under the weather. And then we always say, okay, let's just repeat, you know, last week's session and then we'll, we'll build on it from there. But for the most part, you know, being held accountable, I know for me has greatly helped um, me improve uh, as a beginner athlete um, in other areas of my life too. You know, being having that discipline makes a very big difference. Doing something even when you don't want to, mm. but knowing how you're going to feel after you do it. Yeah. I think that's where the motivation is, too. Like, yeah. there's nothing. It's like that runner's high coach. Like, what, what mm -hmm. do you think about that? Because I, I know in the little that I run, I feel that. After I run, I feel like I'm so glad I did it because I do feel better having been on the treadmill or having kept to my discipline of whatever that workout for the day was. So what, what do you think about that runner's high? Well, I think what's, what's really fantastic about running and, and probably most activity, but obviously I'm most associated with running is that some of that feeling is available to everyone quite early. A lot of people will talk about, you know, a, a lot of the endorphins associated with long endurance. And that certainly is a, a very real thing. But a lot of it is just the sense of accomplishment. And I kind of go back, I remember seeing a, something that went viral of, of a, I think, a, a Naval Academy um, guy giving a speech at, I don't know if it was a graduating class or whatnot. And he said, start, start your day with making your bed. And it's about like starting with a small success. <laughs> and that 
that accomplishment, that kind of success is available to if you. If you go out, you set yourself up. I'm going to go out. I'm going to walk for five minutes, three times this week. I've never really done much activity. That's very, you know, achievable for, for everybody. And when you check that off, you get that sense of accomplishment. And for most individuals, that's, that's kind of what lights the fire. And then you want more and it's it becomes a very positive cycle it's really true it really activates the reward center of our brains right like when we feel like we accomplish something whether big or small i think the the feeling is the same in that you feel good about yourself um and it makes you want to do it again and again and again and sometimes it's in doing something because sometimes I feel this way about running, which is I'm like, oh, no, I have to run today. And maybe it's like a further distance than the day before. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to take up a lot of my time and this is going to be hard and difficult. And there are many times I, I actually don't want to do what's hard and difficult because I feel like a lot of our brains are really wired to stay away from challenge. And it's only, at least I found for myself, in facing what's hard and challenging that I see I can do hard things. <sighs> and, and, I, and I find it a, a, an amazing thing. You know, every single time I, I face a challenge, I'm still amazed. Wow, I did it. I faced something and I did something really hard and difficult. And often it's something that I thought I wouldn't be able to do. Yes. I'd convince yes. myself, no, I, yes. I probably won't be able to do that. I'm not good enough or I'm too old to do yes. that or I'm not experienced enough. And even coaching, you know, prior to reaching out to you, that's how I kind of felt about running. I was already 51 thinking, I don't know, is this something I should take up at this time in my life? I'm already in my 50s. It's not like I was a college athlete. Like, I don't know why I'm thinking of doing something like this. But it was in wanting a challenge that I did something uncomfortable. And it started with reaching out to you. And so it, it proved to be a good thing. Yeah. And I will definitely confirm that it doesn't matter what your level uh, of training or history is. Everybody even the most elite has those days where you don't even feel like doing your workout. And I think going back to what we said earlier, it's the discipline that gets you out the door. And then it's the accomplishment at the end that keeps you coming back. Yeah. And I also enjoyed I um, the podcast I listened to on your podcast, Team O Run podcast with Coach O. When you were discussing mindset, you were talking about two ingredients of mindset, which were attitude and effort. And... I, I liked how you broke that down as well. And so what, what are your thoughts about that? Absolutely. That was kind of central to my philosophy when working with my teams um, when I was a, a high school and collegiate coach, because there's so much out there in the world, in the day, in competitions that we're headed to that is not under our control. Um, and so my big thing to stress to everyone is we want to focus on the things that we can control and those two main factors are the attitude that you bring, that you bring every day to practice, that you bring to our meets for competition, and the effort that we bring. And when you focus on those because they are under your control every time, that's how you will continue to develop, see the progress and successes that you want. Not every day, not every competition or every day's training is going to go as well as you would like. Um, but if you're bringing the effort that is dictated. So it doesn't mean, you know, 
you go all out for every, you don't want to grind out every practice. But if it says it's a recovery day, you put your effort into making sure you're in the recovery uh, mode and you're keeping it an easy run. If it's, you know, obviously a harder track workout, et cetera, you want to be a you put your effort into that. And then making sure that you have a positive attitude in uh, towards yourself. You want to make sure that we have practice self-compassion as well, but also for them because they had teammates, your teammates as well, or the other people around you in your life. Because the more that we can bring that on a consistent basis, generally the happier we're going to be and the more success we're going to see in our endeavors. It's a wonderful way of describing yeah. it. And the consistency factor, you know, and then the more you do it, once again, you're kind of building on that and the, that desire really becomes a desire, right? I mean, even for you, Larry, you want to do it. Your day is missing, right? Without it, in a sense, oh, it really because you is. Be it's become you. And, and even if you take it easier, you just even go at it for 15 minutes one day, mm -hmm. it just becomes such a routine of part of your day that uh, your day wouldn't feel as joyful without it. It becomes a, 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 a joy in yes. your day, a choice you're making instead of now, I have to. Or, you know, it, it becomes something that you prioritize because you're liking it so much. Yeah. And, and I love, Coach, you know, you bringing up that maybe you're not going to push yourself hard every single day of the right. week. That would probably run you down and right. promote more injury and, and wanting to kind of quit maybe. But I love the concept of your active recovery days because that really does help, I think, to keep you motivated and mm -hmm. feeling strong um, and having that good, positive attitude. So I, I love that concept, too, of, of having an active recovery day. Yeah, absolutely. It helps keep your body in routine uh, and keeps the focus on, you know, developing aerobically, et cetera, uh, so that as part of the larger picture, again, you're going to see that progress and success with your running I think the moral to the story really is to is to start off slow. Don't put pressure on yourself that you have to go out there and go at it for miles. You know, if if you're starting off as a beginner and you go for five minutes, that's fantastic. You know, drop your your the measure of what you think is okay. You know, five minutes is fantastic if you've done nothing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, starting off slow and little wins. Those little wins can be built upon um, in a way that I think you know, motivates us much more, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, don't, don't worry about what, uh, what social media might be telling you as far as it is worthwhile for, for starting. If you're a beginner, start slow. Maybe it's walking, maybe it's a light jog. I, I really like, uh, for beginning athletes that are nervous about getting into running, that they look into what's known as the Galloway method started by Jeff Galloway, which is a run walk method um for completing longer races and uh, it it takes away some of the the fear associated with oh i don't i don't know if i can continuously run you know for such you know a distance or whatnot you don't have to start with walking go into some light jogging keep it small keep it a light win even if you're maybe a, a more active person but transitioning to running keep it light so that again you're starting off with small successes you can always build to more when you keep it uh, on the lighter side, on the shorter side to begin with, you're going to make sure that you're helping prevent the risk of injury and making sure you can continue. Uh, and it will be an enjoyable experience. There's a lot of people, I think, from their childhood and, you know, 
maybe it's their physical education classes in school or whatever, that have negative connotations associated with running because it was not fun for what they were asked to do. Running can be fun for everyone. Um, just start small and build up and you will, you'll be able to enjoy that process. It's wonderful advice, Coach. Thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. So, Coach, we appreciate your time today. And I'll look forward to hearing from you tomorrow with uh, my plan for next week. And we hope to have you back on again. All Sounds right? good. Thank you so much. Thank you so okay, much. Okay, Kevin. Have a great day. Please share your thoughts, ideas, and questions for upcoming shows. You can reach us at info at foodandmoodpod.com.